Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Our program today is going to talk about this fact. Every Christian has an enemy. His name is the devil. And Christian, we're going to learn we can and we do overcome the devil, but not by our power, but only by the power of Christ. So would you take out your Bible, turn to the book of Revelation, the last book, John has a vision on the Isle of Patmos, the book of Revelation. And today let's learn about the devil and how we can overcome him. Again, take out a Bible, Revelation chapter 12, and let's pray first. Father, we do pray the devil is alive and well on planet Earth, and, and we would pray that you help each one of us learn how to overcome the devil in our own lives. Teach us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, here's part of John's vision. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. That's what happens at the end of time. That one verse gives us a lot of information about the devil. So let me define the devil now. Here's the first thing it says. The devil is a dragon. That means he is powerful. I mean, don't underestimate the power of the devil. Hallelujah, he's a defeated foe, but he's still a foe. He's still got power. And then the second thing that verse says about the devil, it says he's a serpent. That means he's crafty. Uh, Genesis chapter 3 says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. In other words, the devil knows how to deceive people. A couple years ago, I went to the National Convention of the Presbyterian Church USA. I'm a Lutheran, but I was there to take a stand for the Bible's teaching on homosexuality. I was able to speak uh, uh, to one of the sessions giving the Bible's point of view. But oh, was the devil working the crowd. Next to us was the pro-gay lobby. They had knit these scarves, handed out hundreds of scarves for rainbow scarves for you to wear to show your solidarity with gay rights. They had the people that ran the convention, they had decorated the cross with a rainbow sash. When you went up to take communion, they had rainbow decorations at the communion table. I mean, the devil was really selling homosexuality to the PCUSA Presbyterians. And you know what? Recently, the devil won. Because if you read the news, the Presbyterian Church USA has now changed its book of order. Marriage is no longer a man and a woman. It's two people. So now they'll do gay marriage in the Presbyterian Church USA. Isn't the devil sneaky? That, that's what it means when he says he's a snake. He's a serpent. You know, in one sense, the devil is very smart. He knows how to fool people. In another sense, 
The devil is the dumbest creature on earth. He knows he's going to lose in the end, but he keeps fighting God anyway. There are people like that. The next thing that verse 9 says about the devil, Revelation 12, 9, it says he is the devil. Do you know what the devil, word devil means? The devil, word devil literally means slanderer. That means he slanders God, he slanders the church. And in verse 9, he's called Satan. Do you know what the word Satan means? Literally, it means adversary. The devil's our enemy. And it says in verse 9, he's called the deceiver. In other words, his job is to deceive. Jesus said the same thing in, in John chapter 8, quote, Jesus said, the devil was a murderer from the beginning. He has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. So when you see our whole generation of youth being lied to, you know the devil's at work. Can I tell you what happened a while ago? I'm from Omaha. I was in Omaha recently. I'm very nostalgic. I wanted to walk through my old high school. So I'm walking through my old high school, and oh, it was a great feeling. Just to, there's where I learned math and all this stuff. Then I picked up the West Side High School newspaper. This is a high school newspaper written by high school students. First, do you remember that awful mommy porn novel called Fifty Shades of Grey? Then they made it into a movie about sadomasochistic bondage. Well, here, a high school student has gone to see Fifty Shades of Grey and gives a review of that movie for a high school newspaper? Wait, it gets worse. Then you open the newspaper, an eight-page spread on gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender issues, eight pages of articles, every article was pro-gay. I did something I never thought I would do in my life. I wrote a letter to the editor of this newspaper and said, my name is Tom Brock, I'm an alumnus of, of Westside. I struggle with same-sex attraction. I have most of my life, but I'm a Christian, and for the sake of Christ and for the sake of my soul, I say no to those desires. I, it, just a little paragraph to counter eight pages of propaganda, I'm sorry. You know what? They refused to print my paragraph. But the principal assured me in, in her letter back to me that our students are open to all points of view in the journalism area. I said, wait, I, I wrote her back, wait a minute, eight pages of pro-gay uh, viewpoint, can't they allow me one paragraph? Listen, we've got a whole generation of youth who have been deceived on that issue. Why? Because of my generation and teachers running that school. So to sum up, um, and, and let, let's talk about this, too, about the, uh, the devil. Oh, I'm sorry, next point. Here we go. Let's just go to the next point. It says in verse 9, he was thrown down. That means in the end, the devil will be destroyed. Now, some people think the devil is in hell right now. He is not. The Bible says right now the devil is prowling the earth like a roaring lion seeking people to devour. He's not in hell right now. He won't be in hell till the last day. And some people think the devil will rule hell. Never says that in the Bible. My guess is he'll be on the lowest rung in hell. He won't be ruling anything. So um, 
the devil will be thrown down. The next thing verse 9 says about the devil, and angels were thrown down with him, meaning Satan has angels. It says this in Jude chapter 1 verse 6, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he, God, has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. I mean, the theory is that God created all the angels. One of them was the devil. But then Satan rebelled against God and became the devil and took down some of the angels with him who also rebelled against God. That's how we got Satan and the demons. I think that's a good theory. The Bible does talk about fallen angels, but it really is a theory because the Bible doesn't clearly explain how the devil got here. He just pops up as a snake in the garden. So let's sum all this up. <laughs> There's a devil. When you see the ABC Evening News, or some of these horrible TV talk shows uh, deceiving people, these entertainment shows deceiving. When you see a bishop in the church leading people astray, you know the devil's at work. He's most at work when he's deceiving church from within. And let me say this too. We, yes, do believe in a literal devil. We don't believe in a man with horns and a pitchfork or that it's never says the devil's red I mean that's a Bugs Bunny cartoon but that the devil is real is in the Bible I mean I had a professor who I think was more liberal years ago and I don't think he believed in the devil and I think his belief was Satan is simply a metaphor for the human evil within us all <laughs> well no it wasn't a metaphor that tempted Jesus in the wilderness that was the devil that did that and um, uh, so what does the devil look like? You know what Paul the Apostle says? Satan can appear as an angel of light. He's really sneaky. You can have an angel float into your bedroom tonight, and that's not an angel. That's the devil. <laughs> so be careful. Revelation chapter 12, next verse, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and of the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. Here's the next lesson. The devil's job is to accuse us. He's always accusing us. Let, let me make a distinction here. Satan condemns. The Holy Spirit convicts. That's a big difference. Jesus said when the Spirit come, he will convict the world of sin. So if you committed a sin and you're feeling conviction, that's the Holy Spirit urging you to repent and ask God's forgiveness. However, after you've asked God's forgiveness, if you still feel condemned, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's the devil trying to get you under condemnation. The Spirit convicts us. The devil tries to get us under condemnation. I, I, I've shared this before. When I was a young Christian, here was the trap I was in. If I sinned, I'd say, God, please forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if I still felt guilt, oh, God, please forgive me. And I would five or six times ask for forgiveness for one sin. And I had a friend point out, Tom, you're calling God a liar. What do you mean? Well, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess, God forgives us our sin. And, and you're saying he's not. And his point was, when you sin, you confess it once. You claim 1 John 1, 9 that you're forgiven. And then you move on. And if you still feel guilty, you ignore it. That's the devil trying to get you under condemnation. I heard a sermon that was so good back then. The pastor said, every time you sin, you do three things. 
Number one, you confess it. The word confess means agree with. God, I agree with you. That was wrong. Number two, you put it under the blood. God, I believe Jesus shed his blood, so I'm forgiven for what I did. And then he said, number three, you forget about it and you move on. <laughs> verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 11 of Revelation. And they conquered the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Now we get to the way we overcome the devil. Number one, the blood of the lamb. Number two, the word of your testimony. Let's talk about each. Number one, the blood. When the devil whispers in your ear, you remember when you did this sin, and when you did that sin, and when you did this, and when you did that, no way are you saved, you're damned, you might as well sin anyway because you're lost. When he talks to you like that, you gotta bring out the blood of the lamb. And you gotta say, Satan, there's the cross of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, rose from the dead. The blood of Christ shed as the sacrifice for my sins, washes all my sins away. I'm forgiven of all I've ever done. So la, 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 Satan, I can't hear you. <laughs> it's called the blood of the lamb. I had to, uh, I, I not had to, I was glad to speak to Teen Challenge a while ago. It's a group that helps people out of drug addiction, alcoholism. And here's all these, these people uh, coming to Christ. And I told them about my tinnitus. I have this ringing in my ears. And I went to the ear doctor and he said, you know, there is no cure for this. But he said, if you can learn to ignore that ringing, you'll have a pretty good life. <laughs> and it's going well. But you know what I said to the, the people at Teen Challenge? Satan will whisper stuff in your ear till the day you die. If you can learn to ignore what he says, you'll have a good life. And when you're being whispered to about how evil you are, you take out the blood of the lamb, you confess your sins, you put it under the blood, and then you move on. But look at the second way we defeat the devil. Number one, the blood, but the second way, the word of your testimony. That means when you open your mouth and talk to people about Jesus, you are defeating the devil. The National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. is the National Episcopal Cathedral, run by Episcopalians. Sadly, it's very liberal. And you know what they did some time ago? The Episcopal leadership of the National Cathedral brought the Muslims in to worship Allah inside the National Cathedral. Well, so they had this worship service with Muslims and Christians while the, the, they all prayed together and the Muslims worshiped Allah. God bless some lady who stood up in the middle of the service and wrecked their party. And she pointed to the cross and her point was, that's how we're saved. What are you doing worshiping Allah in a Christian church? God bless her. You can see that on YouTube. Just Google it. But do you know that when she did that, she was defeating the devil? The word of your testimony, when you proclaim, when you talk to other people about Jesus, the first way you defeat him is by the blood of the lamb. The second way is when you give the word of your testimony. One last thing. Verse 11 says, For they love not their lives even unto death. That is a reference to the fact that early Christians were killed by the Roman Empire. They tried to stamp out Christianity, but it didn't work. But a lot of Christians lost their lives. 
Christian, I wonder if we're returning to the days of the Lions and the Colosseum. Recently, did you read this? There's a Christian couple in, in Oregon, bakers. They could not in full conscience as Christians serve us a gay wedding. They lost their bakery and now the judge has ruled they have to pay the damaged lesbian couple $135,000. The Christian grandma in Washington state also lost her bakery because she cannot in full conscience do a gay wedding. I think persecution now is coming to the church in America. And, and here's, here's my point though. If it's coming, so be it. We deserve persecution in the American church. But there's two ways we'll overcome the devil. Number one, the blood of the lamb. When you sin, put it under the blood and move on. But number two, the word of your testimony. You know, we may ha end up dying for Christ. I don't know what's coming on America. But you know what? You've got to die anyway. Might as well die for the Lord. The word of your testimony and the blood of the lamb will overcome the devil in our lives. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, you just mentioned in this past sermon about sending a letter back to the principal. principal of the high school that published this eight pages of comments. And you got a letter back from the principal, right? Email back, yeah. Email back, and that they wouldn't print no. yours. No, Have you thought about going above the principal of the school and going to the head of the school district or the school board? I will try to do that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of going any further. But I will say this, Jackie. I'm not even a parent. Where are the parents of these students? So if, you, if you've got a student in school and you see something like this, please do something. <laughs> and don't stop fighting. Yeah. Keep going up until you get yeah. to somebody that will listen. Yeah. That's what we need more of, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I guess I have a question about the devil. Does, can the devil make a Christian sin? No. Because here's the verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can endure, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So for a Christian, there's always a way of escape. We now have the Holy Spirit. We don't have to sin anymore. Christians are the only people that are freed not to have to sin anymore. Okay, but the devil can make an unbeliever Sin? Well, let me read this. This is from 1 John 5:19, where we read this. We know that we are of the truth and will assure our hearts before him. Uh, and, and let's see, 1 John 5:19. Uh, I don't know where I, where I got that. The, the verse is, the whole world is under the power of the evil one. So, you know, Jackie, if you don't have Christ in your life, you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are kind of playing Satan's game. It's only when we come to Christ that we can be freed from sin. So, yeah. And free from Satan then, yeah, too. Yeah. Okay, what are some of the ways that Satan is deceiving people today? I think the fact, I mean, when I turn on television, Jackie, it's like whatever they say on the TV talk shows, believe the opposite and you'll have the truth. <laughs> and we have 
The major deception in our culture, one of the big ones, is that we have the right to kill babies, unborn babies. That's a huge deception. Another huge deception that a lot of people are buying into is that nothing's wrong with having sex with whoever you want to. The Bible says fornicators don't go to heaven. So having sex outside of marriage is a sin. You sure won't see that on our TV shows. Um, uh, the whole homosexual thing it is, is a deception that, that a man can have sex with a man and God's fine with that. No, he's not. I would say the other deceptions are that um, uh, all roads lead to heaven. You don't really need to believe in Jesus. That's a deception. Those are some of the bigger deceptions Satan is selling people today. Pastor Tom, is Satan going to be destroyed in the end, or will he suffer in hell forever? Yes. Here, is he the, eternal then? Yeah, yes. The devil is eternal, not that he, only God's eternal. Uh, only God has always existed, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The devil is created. He's not an eternal creature, okay. but he will live forever, just like you will and I will. And there are, the Jehovah's Witness cult teaches that uh, if you don't believe in Christ, you get annihilated and wiped out. But listen to what it says in Revelation 20, verse 10, that Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of the fire, and their tor the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. Oh. And then you might say, well, that's just the devil. God's not going to do that to people. No, keep reading. In the book of Revelation, if you follow the Antichrist, you also will be thrown into the lake of fire. In, in Matthew 25, Jesus talks about people, those that were righteous through Christ are given eternal life. Those that reject Christ get eternal, eternal punishment. So everybody lives forever and ever, in one place or another. Okay. Can you explain demons? Are demons created by the devil or <laughs> Satan, yeah. or are they from God? The devil doesn't really create anything. Only God's the creator. So God created demons? Well, God created angels, and the Bible does talk about fallen angels, these angels that did not keep their pr proper abode but rebelled against God. And, and the theory, and I think it's a good one, Probably the fallen angels are the demons. That's how we got demons. Okay, so yeah. they fell and became an demons. adversary? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Are people possessed today as they were in New Testament times? Can people be possessed? And yeah. the answer is yeah. I mean, in the New Testament, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, Jesus had, what, four major areas of ministry, preaching, healing, exorcism, and... Teaching teaching and so uh, his uh, one-fourth of his ministry was casting demons out of people and do people still have demons today they do Jackie yeah. is it demons that's making our world the way it is I think so okay I think so scary um, if a person doesn't believe in God's forgiveness how does that open the door for the devil right and you know I want to say this to anybody who's watching and if you're guilt-ridden I can be kind of guilt-ridden. We need to get over that. <laughs> because if, if you believe that you're not forgiven of your sins, the devil's won. I mean, if I'm going to hell anyway, I might as well sin. So what the devil tells you is you're not forgiven, you're not saved. Okay, well, then I might as well go sin because I'm lost anyway. And again, we fight that by the blood of the Lamb. Every time the devil reminds us of our sins, we remind him of the blood of the Lamb, that by Christ's death, my sins are forgiven. You know, can I go back to the demon thing again? Because mm -hmm. something just popped into my head. If a person goes to a doctor 
does the doctor even think about the fact that this person might actually have a demon? If they're a Christian doctor, they might. But modern psychology, That's modern psychologists, and I'm not saying this by any means of all of them. A lot of fine Christians are psychologists. But, but from my experience, so much of modern psychology is anti-God that I don't think that pops up into the minds of many people. <laughs> okay, Pastor Brock, when it says the blood of the Lamb, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Because Jesus is called the Lamb of God, yeah. right? Yes, and if you remember, the first thing John the Baptist said was, when Jesus was walking by him, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And people wonder why we call Jesus the Lamb of God. Well, in the Old Testament, the Passover lamb, they, they, they sacrificed the lamb, put the blood over the door, so the angel of death would pass over the doors of the Israelites, and the angel of death went into the houses of the Egyptians to kill the firstborn children. Remember that? Mm -hmm. and so the Jews commemorated that with the Passover lamb every year. Well, now Jesus is our Passover lamb. Jesus sheds his blood in our place for our sins so we could be forgiven, so the angel of death passes over us so we can be saved. That's what, in the Old Testament, you had to offer sacrifices of lambs when you sin. Jesus now is our lamb, so we don't have to offer lamb sacrifices in the Jewish temple anymore. You know, I guess the, the whole season preceding like Easter and that has changed so much in churches that have gone away from mm -hmm. what all of the things that happened that led up to the crucifixion mm -hmm. and then the resurrection. Mm -hmm. What do you say to churches that have kind of just... Well, you know, there are lots of evangelical churches that don't observe Lent, and I don't doubt that they love the Lord and that they're Christian people. But, you know, the history of the church is uh, most Christian denominations at least have Good Friday and Easter. And a lot of us have what's called Lent, the 40 days before Good Friday, where we meditate upon the sufferings of Christ for our salvation. I wouldn't want to give that up. I think we need that every year. So I, I like Lent. It's, it's, it's not in the Bible, okay, you don't have to do it, but I think it's a good reminder of our salvation. I know I heard somebody say, I can't stand going to Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, and then you have Easter on top of it, and some people even have pre-Easter services, yeah. and, uh, and you know. And my thought is, why don't you love it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. you want to say goodbye to people and thank sure. them? Well, everybody, we thank you for watching our show today. Go to pastorstudy.org, and if you have a friend that wants to watch them, you can see all of our TV shows for free. Pray for our ministry, if you would, that the Lord will keep us on the air if the Lord nudges you to support us. There's the uh, address at the end of the program, and God bless you, and have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.